It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It's a Friday, and football season is basically over, which means Clinton Yates has returned home. Yes, your home is on Fridays. Yes. That's, that's what we're saying here. That is correct. Do you Are you a happy new year? How long does your happy new year mm. window extend, Craig? Because it's this Friday. It's the last business day of the week, but people have different criteria for different people on this. Like if it's somebody I'm going to see who I see a lot, but I haven't seen in January, I still might say it. But if it's somebody yeah. I don't see a lot, you know, it's a tough one. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a hard and fast rule. I do think your gradient uh, is, is the correct way to approach it. I think generally speaking, the first week is pretty good. Like once, yeah. once we've had another, like once we're at January 8th and it's like, all right, this is the second Monday of the year. Like we're, we're in this thing. Um, but especially this week, because it fell on a Monday. It's a short week. Like I, I feel like, Clinton, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Gregory. You know where I spent New Year's? Las Vegas, Nevada. I was yeah. there for five days. I do not recommend Why? that to anybody. It's a long story. I went to see my cousin play, as you know. He plays with Bruno Mars. So we spent New Year's with the hooligans, and uh, it was just cheaper to be there for a couple more days. Do not advise. No, there is New Orleans. Las Vegas, yeah, <laughs> and probably Miami, probably yeah. a couple other cities that I'm forgetting. Strict four day rule, <laughs> max, max. That's strict, day. and that's like including your travel days. Like you oh, arrive, yes. that's day one. You have day two and day three that are full. On a day four, you leave. You get the bleep out of town, and you do not think twice about it. I left day five afternoon. That was a brutal plane ride. That's all I'm going to say. That is, that is 36 hours too many, <laughs> sir. Um, see, in New Orleans, though, it's easy because if you don't leave, then you, your body just shuts down because of the amount of butter that you've been taking. That's taken. true, yeah. It's just, uh, there's it's just... other, other considerations in the other cities. The big easy, way easier. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, I have to get out of here. Anyway, apropos of none of that, okay. uh, Clint Yates, of course, commentator for ESPN with us here on the Hoffman Show. And uh, Clinton... The Ron Rivera era is coming to a close. Uh, he is, is likely done. I say likely, most certainly done after Sunday's game. We expect an announcement sometime fairly early on Black Monday. Um, when you think of the Ron Rivera era, the four years that have been here in Washington, how would you uh, eulogize the, uh, the soon-dying era? Milk toast is a word that comes to mind, and also... I've thought about this quite a bit. When you think about like the coaches in the history of the franchise, they all had something that people either liked or people either hated or people thought was really cool. Ron, it's just, it was so boring. It just felt like nothing was ever truly happening. Always, we got to take a look at this. We got to take a look at that. We'll see next week. It was like, Grandpa. All right, already. Can we go to the carnival? You know what I'm saying? It just felt like sitting on the porch the entire time, never really wanting to mix it up in the streets or even have fun with the rest of the family in the backyard. It just felt like a holding pattern where the goal was to try to get somebody that was a proven NFL guy. That was a name folks recognized. But it felt like a little bit of a retirement plan for Ron Rivera. And I'm not mad at him for that, but it's got to be one of the least exciting coaching errors that fans of that team have seen in a really, really long time because personality goes a long way, bro. And this guy didn't have much of it, in my opinion. 
Yeah, at least with Spurrier, we got five and eleven. Not very good. Dad gummit. Um, <laughs> Dad gummit. Uh, I think it's interesting that to, to like milk toast is both correct and crazy because it also was four years of nonstop chaos. Yeah. Like yeah. there's always there's always something. And some of it was like really serious and sad. Like Ron having cancer was a real thing and like yeah. the way the guys battled, you know, battled for him and, and, and kind of rallied around him and, and the team, you know, it is also at a weird time and for all of us, because that was happening during peak of COVID in 2020. Um, like that was kind of uh, just, I mean, a lot of things happening. But then you have like, like all the stuff with Chase Young, all the constant quarterback searching and consternation. The sale of the team was all, and, and all the investigations are always swirling in the background. Like it has been four years of nonstop chaos. And, and in a weird way, like Ron was brought in to kind of settle down the Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden, whatever that was. Yeah. And it feels like in so many ways, it just never stopped. It just it, kept on going. And sometimes he was trying to, to plug the holes, but it just it just never did. That's true. But that's also part of the reason why when I think of Ron Rivera, I actually think about football. I don't really ascribe all that other stuff to him. Sure, he was the head coach. Sure, he was the one that was sort of assigned to kind of keep it under wraps whilst things changed. But they didn't. And also the product didn't get a ton better or worse as well. And so I'm willing to say, okay, Ron, you walked into a franchise that needed you. I'm not going to say that you're the person I think of when I think of the lawsuits, when I think of the sale of the team. I, I don't know necessarily know that that really was going to change no matter who that coach was. And so I try to keep it to the football. And when I think about, for example, with the GM, like how many pro bowlers have they had in his era? Zero. I mean, okay. Like, you know, I'm, they have I, not dra- I'm, I, like they've had guys make the Pro Bowl. They have drafted none of them. The only okay. guys that have made the Pro Bowl are Deron Payne, Terry McLaurin, John Allen and Jeremy Reeves on special teams, all of whom predated this reg- this regime. Well, that's exactly my point. If you look at the actual football, you're just kind of like, ho-hum. You might have had a couple of good wins here and there. There might have been a couple of quarterback controversies here and there, but that's nothing new in D.C. That's the backbone of the Dagon franchise. They're the second most next to Cleveland in this situation, and look who's playing quarterback there. Like, I just kind of feel like at some point, this franchise has to commit to somebody who either is in alignment vision-wise with whoever the GM is and the owner is, none of these power struggles any longer, or somebody that playing just people like. There's nothing wrong with that. And I don't mean to get all off into other things, but the idea of a sexy hire, I, I don't find that unattractive for a team that otherwise you don't, know where the, the, you don't know where they're going. The question is, what is attractive to one person versus another? Is a staid veteran like a Rivera or let's just say the heavens open up and Bill Belichick wants to walk back into the East Coast and move on down the line? And sure, that is, but you know, you got to get somebody that people want to show up to see as opposed to who are just willing to deal with because they care about football that much. I think the fan base deserves that, if that makes sense. Personally, I think the GM hire is probably a little bit more important to the larger goal, but I do think that the head coach of this team is a very important next hire from an optic standpoint, for sure, for the commanders. Yeah, no, I, I do. I I'd also, though, like I just think this fan base will... They'll say whatever they say on the day that it's hired, and if someone starts winning, then they'll get on board. Perhaps like it has yeah. been so bad, and I and I think too to go back to like your larger point, 
Rivera's football tenure has been so unremarkable that there is nothing to outshine all the other stuff that I was talking about, right? Like correct. that's where the milk toast yes. and kind of the, the chaos combine is that the milk toast was so milk toasty, <laughs> so unremarkable that there's no football data point where you're like, oh yeah, that's the big thing in the last four years, unless you intentionally block out the other stuff and then make your list of the worst things that he's done or the best things that he's done. Yeah, or unless we're going to have Heineke be the story of your era, which it probably was, if we're being probably. very honest. You know what I mean? From a football run standpoint. And that, sure, that's great, but that's not, look, that's not at the level of anything. You don't got to go that far up the road to see how a real franchise operates with a real quarterback. And yeah, they had real problems in the sense that there was a holdout and all that with Lamar, but guess what? He came back and guess what? They built a team and guess what? They've got to buy into the playoffs. They're not worrying about Black Monday, you know, in a situation like this so you know it's an important hire for josh harris it's not make or break per se but i do think it's something that you've got to figure out are you are you going to go gm coach or are you going to say here's the two guys i'm bringing in together i think that's one of the more difficult choices that owners are forced to deal with because i don't know that the days of the coach and the gm being the same person are something we're going to see much more in the nfl no there's going to be i think there could be three people hired no, not two like I think you're you're looking executive football, you know, okay. whatever vice president, you know, whatever that yeah. that senior title that like your job is to make sure the whole organization is working together and maximizing resources level. GM, like okay, you're the scouting guy, you're picking the players, and then coach, and they'll all come from similar similar enough, you know, philosophical backgrounds that they're on the same page. But hopefully, I think you you probably get one of those that's got a lot of experience and has been around, one that's kind of a young mind, and then. You know, we'll see what, what other gaps you need to fill in. Um, I, but I think that's going to be the plan. And I think that's the right plan I, I for agree. any team. And, I, and, I, and I, I know that we're speaking sort of theoretically here, but this is a big year for the commanders. The draft, huge. What happens yeah. in the offseason, massive. It is the defining first part of the Josh Harris era. Sure, it was great to buy everybody Bud Lights when you guys are out there at the bullpen. Sure, <laughs> it was funny to get a meme on national television when you couldn't shake somebody's hand. But that's not football. This is the first step of the important football decisions. And I do think that there is an element of how Ron makes an exit that's going to matter here. Like, if they let's just say they win this game. Let's just say they screw around and beat the Cowboys. Like, yikes. What happens there? Are you going to can him that night? I don't think you're going to do that. I think you've got to have a little bit more grace with it because if nothing else, Ron did fall on a couple swords during his time here. So like there are some decisions to be made diplomatically, if you will, that I think are going to affect how the fan base feels about it. And that's a tough spot to be in, which is why I would have fired him earlier in the year. So you didn't have this problem now, Gregory, but that's just me. I don't, I don't know that there's a problem. I think that no matter what, like, you know, hey, Ron, thanks thanks for, you know, beat Dallas forever. You know, you get that memory. Uh, to, I think Monday morning is the time, no matter what. Like, I am, I am so unconcerned with the timing of this on Sunday night okay. versus Monday morning. Okay. Also, because the Eagles screwed around and lost the Cardinals and the Cowboys can win the division uh, and the Lions uh, two-point conversion thing happened, this <laughs> game great. should be at 1 o'clock. So this game's not going to – it's not. It's at 425. This game's not going to end till 730. We're not – I don't think we're getting new Sunday night. Okay. All right. That's not going to stop me from going to the game just in case. It's you're not going to stop gonna, me from going to what should be a very candid locker room. For that final image of Ron Rivera with the finger in the air, <laughs> I gave you my best and I still wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I just – 
In the story yes, you do. of the life, I definitely mean to laugh. In the story of the <laughs> football life of Ron Rivera, I still don't even know how high Washington ranks on his personal list, which is such an odd thing to say for a guy who's been in the NFL for that long. It was funny today. He at his press conference, you know, was kind of riffing, and he's like, "You know, people are asking me how I get motivated for this game, and it's like it's Dallas. How can you not be motivated?" And I was like, "There's, there's the old Gipper." Uh, anyway, uh, Clinton Yates with us here on the Hoffman show. He's going to stick around for a little bit longer. We'll talk a little college football playoff next.